This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to mention show sponsor Haya Vitamins. Now, Haya Vitamins are a brand of vitamins specifically designed to work efficiently with a child's body. They are packed with nutrition, but one thing that they're not packed with is gut-harming sugar. And we all know that sugar is the killer of the immune system, and Haya doesn't have any of it. But they still taste great, and your kids are going to love to eat them. So they've really done their homework and put together an amazing product that you can feel good about giving your children. And you know, if you're tuning into this show, I'm going to take care of you. If you go to HayaHealth.com forward slash unstressed, you receive 50% off your first order of Haya vitamins. That's H-I-Y-A. H-E-A-L-T-H dot com forward slash unstressed and save 50% off your kids' vitamins today. This episode is also brought to you by Brittany Watkins EFT Tapping. Now, I had Brittany on the show a few episodes ago. That's episode 238. And in it, we discuss the amazing benefits of tapping and what it actually does to your brain. So as I have come to understand tapping is it's a way to sever the emotional connection to a memory with a tendency or a coping mechanism that you've developed later on in life. So if your coping mechanism is to eat salty or sweet foods to to deal with uncomfortable emotions, tapping would be a way to break that connection. So it's not like you wouldn't enjoy those foods anymore. You just wouldn't need them to deal with the emotional trauma. Um, It severs that particular connection. And I can vouch I did it with Nutella with her. And I still enjoy Nutella, but it's like, it's, I can actually taste the Nutella for what it is. I don't get that emotional feeling when I eat it like I did before working with her. And that's as easy a way as I can describe it to you. So it works. It works. Tapping works. And Brittany delivers the information and the skills in such a way that you're going to get it and it's going to work for you quickly. So I highly recommend working with her. And she is, of course, offering you a deal as a Motherhood Unstressed listener. Just head over to brittanywatkins.com forward slash unstressed to get started and it will save you 50% off her program. I mean, if you have been doing therapy, doing all the things and nothing has worked, I highly recommend trying tapping. Joy Shulman has made it her mission to get a million women walking their way to a better life. As the founder and CEO of Macaroni Kid, a multi-million dollar hyper-local media company, she's empowering women to live their best lives by giving them tactical tools to build a business of their own against the backdrop of an incredible supportive community. And that's really how I felt when I was talking to Joyce. I appeared on her show, 99 Walks, a few weeks back, and I was so thrilled to host her on this show to dive deep into you know, really the core of her mission and what she talks about. And she talks about the epidemic of loneliness, especially for mothers, and not just addressing the epidemic, but okay, now we know what can we actually do. And I love what she had to share. I love, you know, the work that she's doing in the world and how she is really bringing us back to a sense of community, you know, that tribal mentality that we had way back when, and that we've all been lacking in this uh, hyper-modern yet lonelier than ever world. So I think you're going to love this episode. I know you're going to get so much out of it. I hope it inspires you to reach out to a girlfriend and schedule a walk in your neighborhood as 
soon as possible because I know you're going to feel better. I know I do when I go for my walks with my girls. Um, So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please share it out. Of course, leave us a review and subscribe. And without further ado, please enjoy my episode with the amazing and powerful Joyce Schulman. Hello, Joyce. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So, you know, to give our listeners, you know, a primer on you and the work that you're doing, why don't you take us through your origin story and how you went from law to CEO? I'm curious about that transition. Oh, boy. So I've always had a really entrepreneurial spirit. I started my first business while I was in law school with my sister, which is a terrible idea. Not working with my sister. She's fantastic. (laughs) Trying to start a business while you're in law school. It was really, yeah. So that was business number one. Didn't go well. And I practiced law for quite a few years and I loved it. There were things about it I just loved not the least of which was the opportunity to really dig into different industries and really learn different industries. That was kind of my favorite part, the people and the stories. Mm. And shortly after my husband and I got married, we shared this entrepreneurial spirit and we would spend a fair bit of time talking about possible business ideas. And one day we had an idea that we thought was brilliant. So we went in, we quit our jobs, we sold our apartment and we started our first business, which of course was a catastrophe because that's (laughs) what that first business is supposed to be. Uh, And we've been on that journey ever since. Wow. Wow. And so I love the path that your life has taken. I mean, you really come from a place of service for women, for mothers. How did you find that route specifically? Because really, I mean, like you said, you were in all these other industries, you could have gone any way that you wanted. How did you find that path specifically? I think, and this this is, I'm sure, true for so many of your listeners in your community, your, people tell you that when you have children, everything changes, right? And then you have a baby, and for a minute, you're like, wait, I'm still me. At least that was my experience. And then it was like little bit by little bit you realize that, oh my gosh, they were right. Everything does change because it's almost insidious. Mm -hmm. I I tell this story of when my son was about, I don't know, three or four months old. And we, it was the dead of winter. And my husband said, let's go to the movies. And I said, we can't go to the movies. We have a newborn. And he was like, and we live in a place where it's very, very quiet in the winter. So if there are 10 other people in the movie theater, that's a lot. (laughs) And he said, well, let's just try it. Worst comes to worst, the baby cries and we leave. So we went to the movies. I nursed the baby during the previews. He promptly fell asleep, slept through the entire movie. And I got home and I was like, see, nothing's changed. But it kind of sneaks up on you because in fact, it's true. Everything does change. So that's a really, I'm sorry, that's a really long way to get to the answer to your question, which is all of a sudden you realize that you are part of this tribe of other moms, other young moms, new moms. And there's tremendous need in that community. And I've always been a little bit of a rebel and I've always been a little bit of a, always asking like, why does it have to be like that? And can it be somehow different? So I think that's really kind of what was underlying a lot of my journey. I love that. And I can completely relate to that. You know, it's our own cathartic healing and cathartic processing of what we're going through. And it's like, man, like 
I can help someone else just by sharing my story. So I, I completely get that. So talk to us about your epic TED Talk. I watched it. It was <laughs> so you. well done. I mean, you could tell that you've practiced speaking in front of people. I mean, your law degree, I think, really came through in that. I mean, you were just you just embodied this this just warmth and wisdom on the stage. So talk to us about why you chose that topic. Tell us, tell the audience what the topic was and go into the meat of that talk because I think it's so uh, fascinating. Well, thank you for those those kind words. I was super nervous as I'm sure you were, as we all are, right? It's, a, it's quite uh, an experience. Yeah. But the heart of my TED Talk really marries two things that I've seen over the last decade working with women and at first they seem kind of unrelated, but I think they are related. And that is that women, moms in particular, are lonely. It's a very isolating, lonely experience. And our society has kind of morphed. in. The, and this is pre-pandemic. Now yeah. everything is even worse. But even before that, we've morphed into this kind of uh, society where we're raising our kids. I always say we're not meant to raise our kids at the end of a long driveway behind a white picket fence. We're meant to raise our kids in community. So kind of that's one piece. And then the other piece is we've never known as much as we know right now about fitness and wellness, and yet we are getting less fit and less well. And I believe that those two things are connected. So what are the solutions to that? How do you, how do you solve that? How do you fix that? And for me personally, again, like you said, right, we start with what what works for us, what helps heal us, and how can we spread that? There is something incredibly powerful about walking with your girlfriends. And I know that sounds incredibly simple, but it's incredibly powerful. So I started digging into the research around why is that? Why is it that the conversations we have while walking together are somehow deeper, richer, more something? How come they connect us better? And I uncovered some research that really makes that make sense. And that's the heart of my TED Talk is really the value, particularly for women, of walking together. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about the research? Because it is so interesting. And I, I've been there. You know, you're walking with your friends and you say things that you never would have said, like at a party or just in normal conversation on the phone. It's like you feel more free and like there's less barriers and, and borderlines than, and you can really truly connect with someone else. And you don't feel like, oh gosh, I shouldn't have just shared that. And sometimes, I don't know if this is your experience. Tell me if it is, you get to the end of a walk or if there's somebody in your life you walk with on a regular basis, you start to realize you have covered everything. Yeah. You've talked about kids. You've talked about relationships. You've talked about politics. You've talked about everything. And you kind of step back and go like, oh, how did that all come out? Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost like mini podcast sessions, you know, out in the neighborhood. Yeah. So we'll be doing a walk and talk, which is our kind of version of that at 99 so Walks together next week. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your show. And then I do want to circle back to the science behind walking with your girlfriends and why it is so much more freeing. But talk to us about your show and the idea of how that came about and some of the more memorable guests that you've had on. 
Sure. So a little more than a year ago, we founded a company called 99 Walks. We're on a mission to get a million women walking together. We offer a tremendous, tremendous community to sort of support women on that journey of walking their way to better, walking for wellness, walking for community, all of that. And we, I do what I call a, uh, the weekly walk and walk and talk podcasts. And essentially, it is a conversation between two people to uh, generally it's women. Occasionally <laughs> a guy will sneak in there. Uh, and it is a kind of a walking podcast. Yeah. And what are some of the topics that you cover on this walk? I mean, obviously it's mostly geared towards women, but I mean, give our listeners just a primer on, on everything that they could get from this. Oh, so much. I, we really do try to make it the perfect podcast or conversation to take with you on a walk. So I really want that feeling of intimacy and the conversation like yours, like your podcast, it's not super scripted. It's not super formal. It's an opportunity to get to know some really interesting people. So, uh, gosh, my conversation with Martha Beck, she's yeah. amazing. That was fantastic. Uh, I interviewed or walked with Mariel Hemingway, who walks barefoot in the mountains by LA every day. Okay. I was like, what about the rattlesnakes? She's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, and you're in a piece of glass. <laughs> uh, right? I, but she talks about how that really connects her. Mm. And it it sounds really fantastic in theory. I don't know that I could get there myself, but I like the idea of it. Uh, I had a conversation that was incredibly interesting uh, with Dr. Vivek Murthy, who's the former Surgeon General, possibly our next Surgeon General, uh, because he wrote a very insightful, brilliant, and super readable book about the loneliness epidemic, which mm. he also believes runs through so many of the wellness and health crises that we as a society are facing. So that was a really interesting conversation too. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely on my list next. And, and talk to us about the epidemic of loneliness, because that's a big part of your mission, part of your platform. Why are we all so lonely in such an increasingly connected world? I don't have an easy answer to it. A lot of people point to social media. I think there's an element of that. Um, I, I point to a couple of things. So I think social media has tremendous opportunities to connect us in a really beautiful way, but also opportunities to separate us because it's a, it's an inadequate substitute. So it can complement your connection, but it can't be your connection, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's that. There is the busyness epidemic. And I raise my hand because I am a busyness addict. I'm working on it. At least I'm aware of it. But it's a problem. <laughs> uh, and we live in a society, and I, I think this really does go to a lot of women and moms, where we're still trying to hold on to that kind of illusion of we can do it all. Yeah. We can do it perfectly. My mom said something to me a million years ago that's always stayed with me. And she, she said, I feel really sorry for your generation. Wow. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, my generation. So my mom's in her 80s. She said, my generation worked so hard to throw out the rule book 
of how you're supposed to be and raise your family and to tell you guys that you could do anything. Mm. But we never gave you a rule book to replace it. Yeah. We just said, you're all supposed to do it all and you're also, and you, you can do it all. So therefore you should do it all. And she said, I think that's a really big burden. And we didn't, we threw out the rule book, but didn't give you a new one. Isn't that yeah. interesting? I love that she was aware enough to say that. I mean, she saw what you were going through and other mothers and she could recognize that that's what was happening. Like what an intelligent, you know, aware woman. I mean, I think that's beautiful. And it is, it is kind of, it kind of does take the weight off of, you know, younger mom's shoulders now because we hear things like that from the older generation. They see us, they validate us in our experience. And it's like, okay, okay, but well now what do we do about it? You know, and I think that's why your work is so, is so crucial. I mean, because you're giving these women something to hang on to, something to to move forward, to keep pushing. Um, and, and walking is such a beautiful way to do that. And just having conversations like this, where we're acknowledging that this exists. So talk to us more about the loneliness epidemic and, and really how getting together, how finding women like you, finding your work is a path to greater happiness, or at least, you know, a glimpse of, of normalcy of balance. So we undertook, gosh, I guess it's two years ago now. So again, pre-pandemic and heaven knows what those numbers look like now. Uh, but we undertook a survey of 2,500 women, predominantly moms, and 72% of them acknowledge that they suffer from loneliness. So something I always wow. say to women, if you feel lonely, you're not alone by yeah. definition. Right. So and that I, I think that's a little bit of the social media driver. We see people, um, not now, now everybody's alone, right? But we see people with their friends and their girlfriends, and it looks like everybody has this posse of support and girlfriends. Yeah. And if you don't feel that you have that, and the truth is most people don't have that. Mm. Most people don't have those five girlfriends who have been besties since college and support... It, it looks really good on paper, but it's not the reality of most people's experience. I'm so glad you just said that because I'm one of those people that sees that or has seen that and is like, well, you know, that's just not going to be in my reality that my kids are just, you know, they're crazy and this is my life and I'm just trying to keep my head afloat, you know, basically not drown. So I love that you just said that because I know so many other women listening to this are just like, oh, thank you. The truth is that we all... Here's the flip side of that though, right? We all need that and we all want that. Like, wouldn't it be great if you really felt like you had that posse of five mm -hmm. moms? But that's that goes to this, I, I think we were meant to raise our kids in community. Where are our aunties? Where are our cousins? We're supposed to be living, gosh, we're not supposed to do this by ourselves. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, if you sort of stop and think about it, it's crazy. When do you think we moved towards this isolationism, you know, where we all seem to be super connected, but we're more disconnected than ever. We're lonelier than ever, more depressed than ever because we're isolated. When, what era do you think that this really happened to us, especially in America? I think it had something to do with the industrial revolution and the American dream and bigger houses. Mm. I know that's crazy, but when you think about when we were living close together or people who were living in more urban areas without air conditioning, 
right? So you're living in an urban area and there's no air conditioning. What are you going to do on a summer night? You're going to sit outside. And by nature, by happenstance, you're going to be hanging out with your neighbors. And that means that your kids are going to be hanging out with their neighbors or their cousins. And it's just going to happen. And somewhere along the lines, and I don't mean to blame air conditioning. I love air conditioning as much as the next girl, right? But it saved a lot of lives. <laughs> it saved a lot of lives. But at some point, we retreated into our homes. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think, and it, and I think it goes back to that comparison game as well. You know, you see friends from high school and college, and they seem uber successful and you want to keep up with them and have the nicest car and have the nicest house. Meanwhile, you have to, both parents have to be working to, you know, sustain that. Um, and it just kind of, it kind of eats away at you, I think over time. Because you'll never, you'll never catch up. Mm-hmm. And the, the reality to that, oh, my cousin says an expression, um, behind, what the heck is it? Behind the curtain of happiness or something like that, behind the veil of happiness. And she's totally right. Those people who you're seeing who look like everything is perfect, I guarantee you everything is not perfect. And I, chances are, statistically, chances are those people, those women are lonely. And suddenly you look at, at all of that kind of social differently. Yeah. Yeah, I really think too, like post-pandemic, that veil has been pierced. You know, I think we are getting a glimpse of the reality. You know, it's still social media. It's still kind of acting, but aren't we all kind of acting in our own way? Haven't we been acting since the time of Shakespeare? You know, all the world is a stage. Like that level of human, you know, humanness has always been there. But, you know, with social media, it was taken to another level. So I think hopefully, I'm hoping that's been brought back down and we are getting a real look at the reality. You know, people are getting divorced like crazy. You know, relationships are coming together, falling apart. And it's like, wow, okay. You know, maybe we are getting a glimpse of a new era of of authenticity. Let's hope so. And the truth is, even before the pandemic and before this started, there were increasing numbers of women like you willing to stand up and say, it looked good on paper, but this new motherhood thing was really knocking the hell out of me. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I mean, I've watched your TED talk as well. Right. And mm-hmm. I think 10 years ago, we weren't saying that. I think 10 mm-hmm. years ago, you wouldn't have stood up and kind of owned that and shared that experience. And we are, there are more awesome women willing to tell their true stories. And that I think it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but that makes all the difference. Yeah. It's insidious in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. I think I, I had to do that, you know, otherwise I would have drowned, you know, and I think you're the same way. Like you left the practice of law because you felt something stirring inside of you, something else, some other mission of, of purpose and you're doing it. Um, but I want to talk to you about your greatest tips for self-care, for nurturing the mother, the one who feels like a martyr. Can you talk to us about the mom martyr syndrome and, and what that is? Can you define that for us and then how to remedy that? Yeah. So thank you. I wrote a piece around the martyr mom syndrome uh, years ago that it was something I was sort of proud of. So I love that you kind of uncovered it and want to share it. Uh, but the reality is that we're not doing anyone any favors by being a martyr. 
And yet society has been telling us, and again, maybe less so in the 10 years since I wrote that piece, that in order to be a good mom, and I'm using air quotes, in order to be a good mom, you have to sacrifice everything for your children. And if we stop and think about that, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And I had a conversation with a young mom I know who has a very full plate. She's got a daughter who's exceptionally bright. She's got a son with special needs. She gives her children absolutely everything she has to the point where it has physically done permanent damage to herself. And I had a conversation with her one day and I said, if your daughter grew up and li- and raised and had two kids, and was raising them with the level of sacrifice that you are raising your children, how would that make you feel? Don't you want something else for her? Don't you want her to be happy and fulfilled and complete? And she said, like, absolutely. I would feel terrible if she felt the way I feel. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and I was like, well, this is what you're modeling. Yes. This is what we're teaching them. Which is so much more impactful than just saying, you know, you got to take sure. care of yourself. For sure. So the almost the paradox of the martyr mom syndrome is if you give everything to your children in a way that depletes you, you are absolutely, in my view, doing them a disservice because you are teaching them that this is the way they should live. Mm-hmm. And if you stop and say like, oh, wait, I don't want my kids to live like this. I want my kids to be happy and have their lives and children and family. But so that's sort of the paradox of that in my mind. Yeah. So for the woman listening who who totally agrees with that, who understands that intellectually, what are some steps that she can take to put these actions into her life starting tomorrow, starting tomorrow morning when she gets up, you know, okay, Joyce, I'm going to, I'm going to do what you said. So... Uh, This sounds um, self-serving because I have an entire community based around the value of walking, but what I know to be a fact is that the simple act of walking out the door by yourself for 20 minutes, half an hour, is incredibly transformative if you make it a regular part of your practice. And if you say to most women and most moms, can you find 20 minutes, 15 minutes? Some of them will say no. And sometimes that's true. You know, you got a sick kid, you're a single parent, like your kids are two and five and they're learning from home. Like I get it. Like this is unprecedented times, but by and large, most of us can find 20 minutes or half an hour. Just walk out your door. Rain or shine. Just do it. Rain or shine. Yeah, I love that. And really, I mean, going back again to my own story, like that's what saved me was getting out the door, was turning the doorknob, even though I didn't want to. (laughs) Yeah, so you'll love this. Something I say all the time is when you need it most, you'll feel like at least. Yeah, why is that? Why do we fight so much what we need? I don't know. I wish I knew why that was. Because if we could figure out how to fix that, I think recognizing that and not waiting until you feel like it or you... Uh, find the time, you know, that expression, I'm going to find, you have to make, because I use it on myself and I hate it. (laughs) Exactly. So you just have to, you just have to do it. It's sheer force of will until it becomes part of your habit. But I think, and, and I think this is a little bit of your experience. You realize pretty quickly 
how valuable it is to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel it. You literally feel it in your soul, in your body. Your body's rejoicing that you're moving and breathing and, you know, getting the sun, you know, in some cases, uh-huh. getting the raw earth on your feet, you know, <laughs> you're just out there with nature. How much has nature impacted the work that you do in your life? A ton, a ton. Mm-hmm. I have got to be out doors as much as possible. And uh, in the 99 Walks community, we've got treadmill walkers, we have house walkers, we have house walking (laughs) classes. I get it. You know, sometimes it's just brutal out. Yeah. Uh, But for me, it's, I got to get outside. I'm the, there's a ton of research around nature bathing and the value to that, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you're well familiar with. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you have like a a meditation practice as well or is walking part of your meditation? Walking is a big part of of my meditation practice. I tried for about 18 months, 10 minutes a day, sitting still. It did not work for me, Mm -hmm. though perhaps I was a better, calmer person. Um, I now, this sounds really lame, uh, I take uh, 24 intentional breaths before I start my day. So it's three, it's sort of three sets of eight. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. It's like two minutes. That's kind of all I got, but it seems to help. So you're just breathing in slowly and then breathing out slowly and just counting it. Yep. That's meditation. Yep. It's just, so, so yep. I have a meditation practice. It's two two minutes a day. (laughs) You know, people are like, oh, I meditate for three hours or I meditate for 40 minutes before, like two minutes is all I've got, but yeah, do what you can, right? Do you meditate? I do. I do. And I'm, you know, I'm right there. If I can do three minutes a day, I'm proud of that fact, you know? And if I can get it maybe do that a couple times a day. Okay. Like it, it, to me, it all accumulates. It's all good in the bank, you know? Yeah. But that too has been so transformational for me. And and something that I always love to ask guests about because everyone is different. You know, like you just said, I've never heard someone say, I do it this way. So maybe someone listening could do that in their own day. And that's always helpful. But with everything that you know, everything that you've learned over the years, what's something that you want to leave the listener with today? That every one of us, including moms, deserves to be the fullest expression of herself. She deserves to live the life that gives her joy. Not every minute. Parenthood is hard. Motherhood is hard. Life is hard. Pandemics are hard. Like stuff's hard. (laughs) So it's not diminishing how challenging it is, but you have to start from a place of I do deserve to chase joy and happiness. That doesn't mean you'll have it every day, but you've got to come at it from a place of, I do deserve this. Mm, That's so beautiful. Do you have a morning mantra or a mantra that you say, like, I deserve this when you wake up or I'm going to, I'm intentionally going to seek joy today or anything like that? No, I have a bit of a morning practice, so it changes every day. Um, And sometimes my, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? So sometimes my morning mantra is literally just, I am going to get through this day. Mm. I am going to keep going because I want to quit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) A true entrepreneur. I love it. (laughs) I shouldn't say all the time. Uh, yeah. At least at least a couple of times a month, I think this is too hard. So part mm-hmm. of 
my morning mantra, which does change daily, but a few times a month, it is nothing more than I am going to keep going. I'm going to get up and keep going. And I think that's really applicable to motherhood too. Oh, 1000%. Like I have said those words to myself. I'm sure we all have everyone listening. Um, Okay, Joyce, well, where can our listeners find out more about you? Start walking with you, listen to the show, find you online. Tell us all the things. So I'm sort of all over the place. Uh, You can find me personally on Instagram at joyce.r.shulman. You can find my book, Walk Your Way to Better on Amazon. You can find my TED Talk uh, on TED. And 99walks is everywhere. 99walks.fit is the website and at 99walks across all social channels. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for your spirit in the world. We need more moms like you sharing their stories unabashedly. So thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful that we got this time together today. And if you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would share it out on your social media and make sure to tag us at Motherhood Unstressed. Connect with us at Motherhood Unstressed. I'd love to connect with you uh, and see where the work has gone in the world. And make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an amazing interview with an incredible guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.